Hello and welcome to Floating Swimming Stories with me, Joe Minahane. Each week I'll be interviewing a different swimmer in their favourite swimming hole, chatting about why they love getting in the water and what it does for them physically, mentally and about a few other bits in between. Um, You join me just as I'm going across the road from my flat on the seafront here in Kemp Town in Brighton and I'm just walking down the steps from Marine Parade to Madeira Drive towards the beach. I can see the water, I can hear the waves, they're quite whipped up this morning, there's a bit of an offshore breeze and there's a couple of swimmers in with tow floats looking extremely serious. I'm not really in the market for that kind of swim this morning, I'll be going in, throwing myself about a bit in the waves and then running back home to jump in the shower. My first guest on floating is Jenny Landreth. Jenny is the author of a fabulous book called Swell, a autobiography, which came out a couple of years ago around the same time as my book, Floating, and Jenny and I did a series of events together and became good friends. Jenny's book is a history of women's swimming. It's absolutely fascinating, it's an amazing read, and it just sort of opens, certainly opened my eyes to the idea that women were basically not allowed to swim or go anywhere swimming for a large part of the 19th or 20th centuries and that a large part of um, the feminist movement is tied up in swimming and lidos and swimming outdoors. I really hope you enjoy our chat and um, I'll be back at the end of the episode to talk about the swims that we had at Tootingback Lido. In the meantime I'm uh, about to brave the waters of the English Channel which frankly don't look too alluring this morning but we'll see how that goes. So we're at Tootingbeck Lido. Hurrah. It's a glorious day. It's the best Lido in the country. I know, you are right. I know, I know, Joe. I wrote in floating that Sam Park's Lido was, but I was You're drunk on summer heat and lager when I wrote that. <laughs> and I was having a lovely time and the fountain was going and there were just teenagers everywhere having a lovely time. But it is glorious, isn't it? And I just forget now, I've forgotten how bloody long it is. I should say that we've just swum six lengths of the... 100 yards? Yes. Well, it's 91, 90, actually. But I 91 yards or 91 metres? It's, I think it's... Oh, I don't know. I thought it was 100 yards at 91 metres. I think metres. it's... I well, know. it's 11 lengths to do a kilometre. 18 lengths to do a mile. So <sighs> you do the math. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> that's a long... I mean, I have to say that, like, as you can see, my fingers are now... Only, only two of them are white after... Yeah, that's... After the cold, it's eight, yeah. the water's eighteen, you look eighteen like your degrees. Hands died. The rest of you have the rest of struggled fine. on, but um, your hands have died. Yeah, and they're but, just hanging off your arms, like. Yeah, it's it's worth it to feel this relaxed, though. It is like, for, your, for your hands yeah. just basically go yeah. numb. You know, and it's warm now. Like eighteen degrees is is, yeah. is pleasant. That's that's it's warmer than the sea. The sea in Brighton. We could have swum more than six legs if we cared, or <laughs> had you know. But we, stamina. Yeah. You have the stamina, but you're you're, could, going, you're going swim training tonight. You know. I am going swim training tonight, so I didn't want to peak too early, Joe. So, Always got to hold a bit back. <laughs> How long have you been coming here now? I've been coming here for about twelve years only yes 12 years my daughter is about to finish school she's 18 she's about to finish school and I started coming here when she was in her first or second year of primary school 
So all through her school life, I have been here. So it's the thing you did with... Did you mentioned this as well, didn't you? It's the thing you did yeah. with, with other mums, yeah. right? Yeah, I had a bunch of a bunch of mates at the primary school who were mates actually before our kids all went to school together. Um, so, and they always used to come here, and I always used to resist because they were always they were people who grew up learning to swim, and they were always the sporty ones, always in teams. And I was very much definitely not that person. But eventually, I and they were always kind and said, "Come, come to the pool, you'll love it." And I thought they don't know me; I won't love it. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it won't be fun. It won't be fun. Shit. It'll be horrible. And then I did come, and they were right. They, I did love it, and I kind of never left. And actually, they all, none of them really swam through the winter, and I, I came and stayed, and they came and went, and came and went, and came and went. So, yeah. Did you do the classic thing of like going through September, and then it's like the first of October, and you're like, I'll just carry on. Yeah, just keep, just keep going. Never, never really made a conscious decision to do that. See, that's funny because I, I think I was saying to you earlier, I'm. This was the first winter that I made the, con- the first con- the proper conscious decision to go like every day or like yeah. every other day. Whereas like all other winters, I'd swum in the winter, but it was always just like in January, just like getting in and like just wanting to cry yeah. at the thought of getting in the sea. Whereas this year, I had like a very set plan of like how I dressed. Like it was just like this automatic thing it's where I have like my reasonable. swimming swimming yeah. hat on under the woolly hat. Yeah, like gloves already on. Yeah, and then just working out how I'd undress. Yeah. So I could get out of the sea quickly and like my toddler just staring at me like I had problems. But also don't forget, you you don't have a sauna on the beach at Brighton. Oh, we do now. (gasps) Not only, we have four saunas. On the beach at Brighton? Well, it's actually, you can't, you couldn't get in there after you've gone to sea. But but if Sea Lanes, which is the new Lido that's opening opposite my house. Thank you, opening next summer. Um... They have what's called the beach box sauna, which is like an old horse box converted into a tiny sauna that you get seven people in and you wear the little hats and they have birches. Does somebody whip you? It is Brighton. You somebody, can be whipped. Yeah, you can, yeah. Last time I went, um, a man I never met whipped me. Joe. It's fine. I t- that... My wife knew about it. It's <laughs> is this something you want to <laughs> and, um, share? Uh, no, they now have two other beach boxes and they've built a permanent sauna, which is going to be part of the Lido. But you can go and do... Um, they is do the Lido like, going to be heated? Uh, yeah. So why do you need to... But they do guided... No, they do guided sea swims. And then you can book the sauna out for an hour or 90 minutes in a group. And then you just... You can either have a cold shower or you just run across to the sea and jump in. I did it on New Year's Day. That is amazing. It's an absolute game changer. I swam in the sea three times on New Year's Day. Because of the sauna? Because of the sauna. I had a dip in the morning and then I had two swims during sauna time. That's, that is a game changer, you're right. I felt very, very relaxed. I mean, obviously I hadn't gone out the night before because I have a small child and, you know, we were up at 5am. Christ. But, yeah. you know, I got to swim three times in the yeah. day, so yeah, I'd say that was a winner. I think that's definitely a winner. Yeah. I've always felt a bit kind of soft southerner because we've got a sauna here. Oh, you need but one, though. you do. I'm thinking, if you're in, you know, I love swimming in rivers and whatever, but there's no sauna. You can't cart your own little sauna. Except I do have heated seats in my car, which is quite similar. <laughs> just go and like, get the flowers on. Yeah. <laughs> Talking of which, you're, you are very much the Lido's person out of all this, the sort of my favourite swimmers that I, you know, and swimmers that I know. Like, it, it Lido's the, the thing for you. Yes. Yeah? Like, over, over every other I think option. partly I think partly that's kind of cultural heritage, partly my age, partly when yeah. I learned to swim. And partly what I have access to. You know, if I lived next to the River Dart, perhaps Lido's wouldn't be so my thing. 
but I have never been a great swimmer. I've never been a strong swimmer. Um, so I feel very safe and contained in here. I'm of a generation where something, well, I grew up near a, near a Lido, which I never swam in when I was growing up. That would have been deeply uncool, but it was, it was there in, in Sutton Park. Um, that's not there anymore, is it's it? It's not there anymore, no. no. They filled it in. That's right. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah, no. it was vandalised a couple of times, so they filled it in. Uh, yeah. Um, and actually, Sutton Park is a beautiful space, and there's, there's like 17 massive lakes in it, but not a single one for swimming. So, which... But, you know, maybe, that, maybe that'll change. As people, as outdoor swimming becomes more popular, maybe they'll, yeah. they'll make one of the, the lakes safe for swimming in. So I just think Lido's kind of speak to me in a way that nothing else quite does. And because I had my first, because I really properly learned to swim here. Yeah. I really feel very affectionate towards them. I, I, I have a real soft spot for this place. It's funny, when we were swimming just now and you said about alternate breathing, it's not really something I ever thought about, but I... I basically taught myself to swim properly here. I, when I lived in Ballam, I, I walked. I used to walk over here most days. It was when I this was the first swim I did for floating as well. I was just like, oh, it's the closest one to my house, yeah. so I should go there. <laughs> I should start there. Um, and I hadn't really considered that. Yeah, this is where it all kind of started for me. It was like here, and I'd go to Hampstead for something with a bit more um, own trail. But yeah, I felt I do. You do always feel very safe here. And especially also, on a day I mean, like, you know, the joys of freelancing was that you could come on a day oh, like this and it's quiet. Yeah, you know? yeah. But there's, but, you know, if you, certainly if you're looking at Lido's versus indoor pools, there's a massive cultural difference. I think people behave in a different way mm. at Lido's to they do in indoor pools. You know, you look at this pool, it's got, it has got one lane in on the other side for people who really want to do their serious swimming. But it's like if you take all the road signs and, uh, off, off roads... People are able to kind of manage themselves. And you take all the, bit, all the signs here of how to behave and people manage to swim without lane ropes, without yeah. saying you must swim fast here and slow here. People yeah. manage to work it out for themselves. So there's that sense of self-management, which I think really, really works well. And you, there's something really equalising about them. Yeah. We, I, I mean, I constantly kind of parrot my own little mantra we are all equal in a swimming cap and I think here at this particular pool we really are because how you feel about the cold has nothing to do with how much money you've got in the bank how much social status how much cultural capital what your job is anything it's just about your pure physical experience and in that sense we all start off on a on a level playing field and I just love that I might be really poor or really rich and and nobody will know I can just be None of my social signifiers need to apply here. No, so, no one gives a shit about how you swim. No one gives a shit about how you swim. I remember like coming no. here and I, you know, I am not, I'm like you, I'm not a particularly strong swimmer. I'm not a particularly technically good swimmer, but that's not really what I'm in it for. I'm not, oh, right, I remember yes, someone so. asking me what my training regime was yeah. before it came out. I was like, have you read my book? Have you seen my blog? Have you seen me? Yeah. Like, I mean, I swam pretty much heads up breaststroke here for the first, like, yeah. six months to a year that I came here. No one gave a shit. Because yeah. no one's looking. Nobody, nobody's Because no one cares, because no. it's not about If you that. want advice, if, you know, if... Oh, yeah, I'm sure you, you could get I it. Know, I know brilliant swimmers here who I could say, will you just take a look at my stroke and give me two or three things that yeah. could really improve my speed or technique or whatever? And they would really happily do that. But it would be done without judgment without agenda or side or 
no competitive element. It just, it's, it's a, it's a community. It's and it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I know. I, I kind of miss that a little bit in the sea. I mean, we have the, the swimming club down in Brighton that I'm not actually a member of. I've swum there a few times, but and I go, I go in alone now most mornings because it's just like part of the routine. Like you know, I get up and drop my son off at nursery and then just go and have a swim and then get ready and go and work and I, I do miss that social side of it and I don't you know I, I see groups of people going into the sea but I think there's something about coming here where it's contained whereas yes. the, and I, I mean there's one of the things I love about going down to the beach especially in the winter well, actually even at this time of year you can go down there at 6 30 in the morning there's no one on the beach yeah. which I, it's just mind-blowing to yeah. me I'm like <laughs> where, you, are where, you? where are you there's like 300,000 people in Brighton and Hove and it's like well, why aren't you all on the beach at six o'clock in the morning but then people, if they were you'd be so furious I'd be livid yeah. I get angry this is how ridiculous so I, I live on the seafront and I walk across from my flat I live in a base flat, so I walk up the steps, cross the road, and I live on the high, like so on the higher level, and and I look out to sea. And if I could see like one person swimming, ruined. But the whole, like, I'm just ruined. like yeah. this poor woman You're the a other week. Joe. I know this poor woman the other week. She was in front of me by like I don't know ten yards, and she like parked a car, and she opened up, and she's like morning, and I and I think I'd like obviously muttered under my breath like. Oh. And then I realised I was just being a complete asshole. I'm like, no, it's fine, it's the sea. And we just end up having a classic thing. It's a swimmer, she's lovely. Having a long chat. She's like, oh, I used to live here and now I've moved to Lewis and I miss the sea. So I've driven down. I can't not do this. Like, I have to be here. And it's just like, she went off and did her thing and I went and did my thing, had a little chat afterwards. But then I'm just like, no, I will not share the sea yeah. with you. I will not share the <laughs> ocean you, with you. If you're you. anything like me as well, they, I mean, this is a huge pool we're sat in front of. If, if there's two people in here and one of them is me, I will bump into the other person. Oh, oh my God. Without, oh, if I'm swimming front call, 100% yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah, if there's two people in the sea, I will act, somehow be managed to bump heads with them and they'll just be like, oh, fuck's sake. I very nearly did that the other week in the sea. I was What's that, what's that movement? And then all of a sudden, there's like this person just come across me. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, they weren't, you know, they're swimming front crawl, I'm swimming front crawl. Yeah. Why would they, that, how are they going to see me, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's perhaps why I've sort of always preferred to head out in the more wild environments. Yeah, I think I, I do too. And also, head down in the, you know, in the sea or rivers or whatever, it's kind of slightly, slightly defeats the point. You're not racing to get somewhere. Here, you might slightly be racing to do your lengths. Just to get over the just, initial cold. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah, my head. My head stays firmly out between the months of like November and April, because yeah. otherwise, like you know, you get the old ice cream freeze across yes. the face yes. and all of that kind of vibe. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So, are you? Um, are you going to be writing any more about swimming? Because obviously, it's what two years now since. Is it two years since Swell came out? It feels like a year because it came out in paperback this time last year. So it's a year since the paperback, okay. I think. Oh, God, maybe it is two. No, it must be years. Year. It's two years since, since it came out. Since that's two years hardback. Two years hardback, yeah. One year, I think. Yeah? One year and a bit paperback. Okay. Um, I'm currently not writing about swimming. I'm writing about amateur theatre, but it's really interesting to me, and hopefully to other people, um, that there's so much similarity to be found in the reasons why people do stuff and what they discover when they do something because this because it turns out that the sense of community is is a is a really shared thing and yeah. the sense of egalitarianism um it doesn't matter who you are you just 
get to join in. You do it for pleasure, not for you're not paying to do it. Yeah, there's no you status know, involved in there's it. No yeah. status. So I'm finding lots of similarities. So I'm really in, enjoying that. But that's not about swimming. I think I think I'm I think I've got a little germ of something that might be slight polemic rather than. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that's it. That's not like you. No, no. Really, is it? So not like no, me. Because you don't really have opinions on Such things, a so. reasonable and calm. And <laughs> just really only ever interested in what other people have got to say. <laughs> it's interesting because obviously you were on the radio recently talking about that article to Eddie Mayo Hagen right, yeah. in The Guardian yeah. about the sort of sexism in, yeah. in pools. How do you oh. think that is, is playing out? Because obviously, as like from my angle, I have seen it but I'm not on your side of it if you know what I mean yes, like, you don't, you're so not on the recipient yeah no I'm not and I'm yeah. like you know I'm basically yeah. the, a member of the most privileged group of individuals yeah. in the world so you know I don't I'm, you know I'm not exposed to that is that an issue that you feel is increasing or is it just that it's perhaps a light has been it, shone on so it by I, Ellie's I think, I think it's probably I, I think it's probably that a light has been shone on it I mean I'm I'm extremely fortunate to have the um, cloak of invisibility which is age so yeah. uh, it's not something that personally affects me anymore but it's certainly when I was younger I would have I would have definitely experienced it a lot and I certainly experience men's behavior impulse if it's not if it's not actually directed at me I can experience yeah you know just their kind of taking up of the pool um, so I don't you know but I think things girls growing up in the 70s 80s you know the expectation then was that we would be groped and mauled and pushed around and, yeah. you know, you, people... I was talking to somebody the other day about some rock star who had a 14, 15-year-old girlfriend. A few of them did. And there wasn't the sense of inappropriateness that there is on that now. So when I, certainly when I was growing up, there was an expectation that, you, that these things would happen to you and you tolerated them. And yeah. I think that expectation has shifted. For women we, d- we no longer tolerate it yeah it seems to me that the expectation for men has shifted less that they don't have to moderate their behavior um so you know as ever we've done the work women have done the work and men just kind of plow on um but i, I think that's another thing that's more heightened in indoor pools than outdoor i think there's a different level of engagement here certainly for certainly for normal swimmers you know maybe probably on a hot day when people come who don't normally come there's all sorts of things going on inappropriate crap going on but i think in an indoor pool it does it it, it does become it does become high it becomes more frenetic doesn't it yeah and purposeful somehow yeah because i mean i i I tend in outdoor pools the only time i time i've had any sort of sense of that is in like like you say the height of summer when you go to some of the really popular some pools maybe mostly in london it's like here the oasis or um london fields it's just that carnage and you can tell there's that there's almost an aggression about it yeah and that isn't necessarily you know most swimmers pool. there's just obviously something god knows what something in the air summer heat teenagers lots of near nudity yeah, like we were saying, you know, it's that, stuff. It's that yeah. classic teenage thing, isn't it? Hanging but, I, out you know, I think, that's, I think maybe that's a slightly different thing. I think, you know, I, I've got kids who are teenagers and I, I, I know when I come here on a summer's day and you see gangs of boys and gangs of girls all kind of playing up for each other, boys being jape-ish, girls being saucy in the, the tiniest bikinis, they, you know, all of, that, all of that stuff goes on. That's 
that's gone on for that's gone on for centuries. That's that just will, normal, that isn't always, it? Yeah, that will yeah. always go on, and I kind of don't necessarily mean that kind of parading and peacockery. No, it's you the, know. it's that sort of toxic male behaviour in and around. It's entitlement and expectation that's more. Yeah, but it's interesting because we coming back to what we were talking about before, like off, before we recorded, um, saying about sort of men's experience of what well wild swimming more than outdoor swimming or like you know so I mean swimming in nature like you know rivers or lakes like you know the sea that's my generally my preference is that it doesn't seem to me that that men are really that when men do it it's like I am going to go and I am going to swim 10 kilometers and I'm going to swim around the pier whereas like that's not really my scene mostly because Mostly because I weigh like nine stone, and yeah. if I get in the sea and do that, I will oh, die. He's gone. Um, <laughs> where's he gone? Um, he's melted. But there's, I, I can, we were saying that I, you know, I did an, an event with um, another author, and there were forty people in the room, and, and two of them were men, not like you know, plus me. And uh, it seems to me that that men aren't interested in it in sort of, sort of the way that I am in the sort of way of. Well, for me, obviously, my, it's mostly for my mental health, more so, more so than my physical. But, like, when men do it, it's all about times and distances, which, frankly, I don't give a shit about. Oh, I think there's... Yeah, it's a, re- it's, a, it's a bit of a conundrum, that, because I, I know exactly what you mean, but I, I see an equal number of men and women here, you know, timing themselves with their wetsuits on, with all the gear, with the watches, yeah. with, with all of that stuff going on, and you, you kind of see them resting at the end of the lane and you realise they're timing... How long it takes them to do a hundred, and then you know it's all yeah. taken terribly seriously. But but outdoor swimming has more more women do it than men. Yeah. Um, it's one of the few sports that does attract more women than men. In whether it's in races or in yeah. you know in informal settings, and and more women who are older. Um, who are so, always the best swimmers, to my mind. Well, they just kind of get in and just go. get on with it. Yeah. I, in my in my experience. But I think there, is, I think there is certainly an element of machismo about the way some people write about it. But I think the writers that we like, I, I mean, your writing obviously stands apart from that. If, and if you look at the other writers, you, Roger Deakin wasn't exactly suffused with machismo. I, I wouldn't say <laughs> no. he probably had, he, he, well, he had some male entitlement, but it wasn't in, but that was. Didn't come out in a kind of superiority way. It was no. That's what I. To be honest, that's what I always liked about Waterlog was that it was just like Deakin didn't really didn't really go in for like sticking his head in and ploughing out no. lengths of no. his moat or whatever. No. It was just like, oh, I'm just going to jump in here yeah. and like go for a go for a swim and, yeah. and go have a nice time. Um, and maybe I just don't pick up and read those books. But you know, so 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 I don't I don't I don't really know. But certainly the men I like that are writing about swimming tend not to be of the uber competitive uber macho you know I don't know if you've read Tom Gregory's book about um, he, he was the youngest boy to ever swim the channel I've not read it I know I've know you excited it's about it it's just gorgeous it's you know and, and that could have been a, a you know yeah man against well boy against the waves um, it, it, it could have been a very different thing and actually it's very evocative it's a great story he doesn't tell it with any machismo or just no. tells tells it straightforwardly and I, I really like that so I'm, maybe I'm just not reading that crap um, I just tend to find no maybe it's more that I just I can't see I, whenever I try and speak to men like 
when I do events or if I do a talk, people who come and speak to me afterwards about the but you know the oh, yeah. mental health and anxiety side of it are always women. That, yeah. That's not to say men yeah. don't talk to me about it, but they'll talk to me about it um, through like private. So they'll send me an email or like a direct message, and I think yeah. that perhaps talks to a wider issue with oh, how think, men approach yeah. their mental yeah. health. But well. I, th- I mean, I think that's that's got to be the next. That's got to be the next major shift in kind of social cultural politics hasn't it you know without me we need to sound too large dar but we we men have got to start talking about how they feel that because we uh, an enormous amount of space has been taken up rightly so with women claiming space absolutely you know cl- fighting for equality and all of that but masculinity is as toxic for men as femininity is for women but masculinity also precludes you talking about it so it's a you know I, I i think there's got to be spaces where men can talk and i think that culture's changing i really do think a younger generation of guys are you know i have i have a son in his 20s and i think <coughs> his generation is just much more open and their feelings are more available to them and um there doesn't seem to be a jeopardy to them in expressing them i sense that i certainly don't sense it in my generation as much as his yeah. like you know I think that I think the kids who are a bit young it's certainly in their 20s I'm, I'm 37 so I tend to find that guys most people are still like a little bit embarrassed about like when I mention that I've got anxiety there's some people look at you like they're a bit clammed up about it yeah which I just, I just don't care yeah. I, I'm quite open about but it but I think like, you're role modeling then then Joe about how it's possible to say it and not you know not die of social shame or you know just it's just reality it isn't it? what it like, is it's just yeah. like yeah it's tedious but like if I jump in a pool and um swim six lengths and I'll say I'm gonna do four but then I'll do six yeah. <laughs> six six yeah. tooting lengths please um then you know I'll feel better about it yeah I, I you know it, it's still like a really important thing to me that I, I, I just yeah I'm just not quite sure why the guys weren't didn't particularly go in for being had when I've spoken about it in public have not perhaps been as keen to discuss it. I think it's having the it's having the it's having the vocabulary. Yeah, and, and that's having, a big issue. And having the having your emotions available to you. I mean, women are trained from you know before we're born to to nurture, to care, to listen, to be emotional. Yeah. That's what we that's what we're supposed to do. And actually, a lot of us do it pretty well because because of that. And men are trained in exactly the opposite way. And I think to un unbreak that you know hundreds of years of uh, expectation and socialization is it is it is going to take quite a time yeah i think as a parent of a, of a very small boy that is like something that i don't worry about but like you know you wonder how you're going you know, to do it but i suppose you just do it you do it through example right I so think you, i think you just do it by living it I, you know, I don't think you, as a parent, I don't know, I never set out as a parent to do X, Y, or Z. No, because you don't have, yeah, you can't, you can't be writing things down like that. You know, it just kind of, ha- it just kind of happened but by the way that conversation, you know, the way you live your life, way, yes, as you say, role modelling, that's mm. just the way it happens. And, you know, all the fuck-ups as well. <laughs> but, um, of course. So, um, <laughs> just slightly changing the subject are, are you um, where else are you swimming at the minute are you going to Brockwell later aren't you I'm going to Brockwell because I do do swim training and that makes it sound like I'm one of those you know, people who's timing everything well the last time we swam together you were talking about winter swim training at Charlton right? yes I do well every through uh, through the year I go um, once a week I do an hour swimming with uh, streamlined swimmers who are based at Brockwell okay. and it just kind of sets you slightly out of your comfort zone you swim, you swim for an hour so it pushes you sometimes when you might not feel like it they get you to do different techniques and it's just it's just a fun social thing yeah so i'm swimming at brockwell 
I might, I, in the summer I will go up to Ladies Pond a couple of times even though it's a bit of a schlep from here but I do always love just to go up there with a book and a can of Vimto and um, not, not anything stronger than that yeah. inside, please <laughs> no. oh golly no um, and then I'm going on a swim trek in the beginning of July to Greece but I've done precisely zero training for that so I've planned to do a lot of sitting on the boat yelling encouragement to other swimmers and how taking far are you, my flippers. How, how far will they swim in the day? They'll oh, swim you? four or five K a day okay. and I probably won't. I'll probably do two that's, or three. Yeah. That's still two or you three. You have to earn impressive. your dinner though, Joe, you see. You have to earn Yeah, yeah. I, I might be fingers crossed doing couple of lake swims in Slovenia and those were like two two oh, days nice. 2k and I was just like yeah that sounds all right and then I realized like when I get in the sea I'm like I'm gonna swim like 200 strokes this way and then yeah. just let the current <laughs> just push me back to my stuff and just get you know. your wetsuit to Slovenia though I swam in Slovenia a couple of years a few years ago on a on a swim trek and it was like nine degrees the water yeah I, I'll it's... be going for dips without yeah. but like it, yeah. if I'm swimming swimming like then the, the wetsuit the wetsuit will get pulled on I mean the only reason well, to be honest, one of the big reasons it didn't get pulled on this winter was, you know, A, I wanted to get through without it, but B, just getting those things oh, dry. Yeah. And getting then them on. Get it, getting them on is one thing. You can do that in the comfort of your own home, though. I have thought occasionally about driving here in my wetsuit in the car, and then I thought, what happens if, some, if something happened to me? And, like, you know, I was pulled out of the wreckage, and she's, <laughs> she's, she's wearing a wetsuit. The firemen have the tools to cut you yeah. out, but okay, it's fine. <laughs> But no, I know. I, I've, but also I've, getting one off when your fingers are oh. absolutely numb and you're peeling it off your skin and yeah. Oh, Alexandra Hemsley writes very well about yeah, trying does. to get oh, trying I to get one that. on. Yeah, I love um, that bit of her book. But uh, yeah, I, you know, it's just the thing with like you hang it up in the shower and yeah. then you stagger out for the pee at night and then you think that? there's like a man yeah. standing or you like someone yeah. that's like oh yeah I went through a phase of lying it in the bath. That's even worse. Yeah, that's yeah. That's like even more terrifying. Yeah. You know, that could just be someone just lying. Also, I think when you're cold, when you're when you're cold swimming for the sake of it, I can, I can see wearing a wetsuit if you want to have a longer swim. But there is, if you're just going in for a dip, you're kind of negating the whole point of doing it if you're wearing a wetsuit, which is feeling the cold on your skin. Yeah. And there is, and I think just to be physically present for that <coughs> yeah. is an extraordinary thing. If you can, if you can do it. You, if you can do it, it's, it's a great See, that's thing. the joy of it for me, I think, because then the endorphin rush is more intense, especially in winter. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not getting in for, like, more than three or four minutes at a time in January. But the feeling that I will get yes. after that swim yes. for hours and yeah. hours, like, for the whole day, pretty much, yeah. is totally worth it. Like, yeah. I'll do some other sort of physical exercise, maybe. But that is my, my jam, yeah. really. You know, that's the thing. I don't... And I think if you protect yourself from it in a wetsuit, I can't see the point in doing it. I think you might as well do something else. Well, I can see if you're going to do it in the winter and you want to go for a longer time. Sure. But like then... But I, then don't go in a cold pool because you, you can't swim a long way in cold water. And there's a, there's a reason for that. You know, so that's, that's kind of... Yeah. I really understand why people wear wetsuits. If they're training, if they're... You know, I will wear a wetsuit tonight because I want to swim for an hour and I won't be able to swim for an hour without a wetsuit no. on. So, you know, there's people in here in wetsuits. They will be training for the dart or there's a 10K at the weekend. You know, they'll be doing yeah. that. Or, you know, if you're going for two minutes in the sea, it is a very good reason not to stay in for long because you'll die. <laughs> so protecting yourself from that kind of alarm system seems really 
Yeah, and all the other Silly other alarms me. that it's going to get sent off, like, you know, riptides or currents yeah. and all those things yeah. that your body is attuned to. That you'll protect. feel protected from. Yeah, which, yeah, which is yeah. never never good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this has been a joy. I feel like... I think there's a slight cultural... There's a slight narrative around cold swimming, though, that I think needs to slightly shift. Do you feel like there's a bit of a... Some sort of... What, macho is the creeping into I don't it, think or is it, it? I don't think it's macho. I think I, I don't think it's macho. I think it's something I've been guilty of. I, I didn't swim cold this winter, and um, it was a, it was a bit revelation revelatory to me um, because I've always kind of I've always been a bit gung ho about you know oh it's so good for your mental health it's mm. and and I do believe that you believe it we both we yeah, both yeah. know that if you can do it it's great for your mental health. But I think as well, I couldn't do it because I felt too vulnerable this winter to yeah. strip off at the side of the pool. And I think, so when I saw people and they go, are you cold swimming? And I go, no, I felt, I felt slightly like a, a, a bit of a failure. And I think for yeah. lots of people, if we say it's really good for your mental health, but you cannot quite find the inner resources to get in, it just adds to your sense of shitness. Yeah. So I think we perhaps need to slightly be more understanding of the fact that cold water is, is going to be a step too far for, for some people at some people. points in their yeah. life. It's not, it's not great for everybody's mental health. If, it, if, it, if the cost it extracts from you in your vulnerability, standing on the side of the pool with nothing on, is, is higher than what you get. There's a, there's a kind of equation of loss there, and I think we need to be a little bit more... A, bit, a little bit less gung ho, and maybe I'm saying I need to be a little bit less. No, I, I know what you mean because I I can t- sometimes think that I'm a failure for not getting in. Like certainly in the winter, if I didn't go for a couple of days, like oh I failed at this, and like my whole day is going to be ruined. Like, I, I think perhaps that that was always the issue when I started writing floating. Actually, it was like if I don't do this, I have failed at my day, and yeah. it's like well actually like you know no you haven't. But there's not no you know nothing has been lost by you not getting in the water. Yeah. You know, it will make you feel better, but you just need to learn that it's not the only thing that will make you feel better. Yes, and actually, the thought of doing it tomorrow, if you're able, is is fine. It's fine. Like, you know, you will. Yeah. You know, I didn't get in yesterday, and that was fine. And then I was going to go in the evening, and then uh, couldn't be asked. Yeah. And that's okay too. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's yeah. okay if you yeah. can't be bothered. But yeah. you know, it's not. You know, it's not the be all and end all. You don't have to go every single day no. at a set time for you to you feel. You don't have to go benefits. one winter. You don't. You know, no. I just no, think, I, mean, I just think let's take let's take the kind of let's take the pressure off. Which is what is supposed to be fun. Look, my wife is always good at reminding me. It's supposed to be fun. Yes. It's not supposed to be like this onerous task that you put you. You know, yeah. someone asked me if I was a masochist um, about this, and I was like, well, I don't know whether there's an element of masochism to it because, like, you know, I, I don't like to think that I pressure myself into doing it. Perhaps I do. Perhaps I need to question that, but uh, you know, I'd never really considered that until that point. Golly, I mean, I always joke that because I'm from Birmingham, we like things that are bleak and really hard. And because I grew up in the 70s, and so therefore, you know, cold water swimming suits my background. <laughs> Sensibility. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, and also I was raised Catholic, so you know, we're very good at that kind of punishment in the oh yeah, in the I mean, I, I'm. The higher, Higher convinced that, that that yeah. is part of my yeah. joy of it being raised Catholic too. Oh, were you? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that about you. I yeah. should have known by the way you kind of did a sign of the cross before you 
I started just, swimming. <laughs> Do I just, I'm just like a... <laughs> Yeah. No, I did have Lord a little... saving protect me. Had a little prayer before the Champions League <laughs> yeah. final the other day. It didn't work, yeah. so, you know, there we go. But, um, yeah, I do think there's an element of the... Yeah, the so, we, you know, it, that's really interesting. Maybe we should do a little poll and see how many cold swimmers were raised Catholic, whether, you're, whether you are still a Catholic or not. I call myself culturally Catholic because I know what to do when I go into church. I know... Oh, to, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I I'm much the same. I know, that. although they've changed all the words. Yes, they bob up and down much more now than they ever used to. I mean, I was—I used to go to church before the, you know, shaking hands with each other, which was a terrible modern physical contact in a church. Just touching hands? No. Oh, I can't. You know, you know, we said we didn't judge people. No. I am what sitting here watching, judging, deciding what people should do with their strokes to fix them. Actually, they're they're all doing pretty well so far. Everyone just looks like that. Do you know what? I always like people who make it just having a really nice, almost like a trundle, but getting obviously yeah. making really good yeah. progress. We're looking at this woman here and she's just, it makes it look so effortless. Yeah. I'll tell you what I love to see. I love to see when a heel breaks the water on a kick. Just the tip of a heel breaks the water. That's like perfection with stroke to me. Just the tiny, yeah. tiny bit. She's, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. there you oh, go. Yeah, there there you we go. go. Yeah. What a dream. Right. Okay. Adele, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Always a pleasure. First guest on the, on the floating podcast. Thank you. So I'm back up on Marine Parade, which runs on the top of the beach here in Kemp Town in Brighton after a particularly visceral swim there's actually quite a few swimmers in now but the weather has really really come in I can see Rampion Wind Farm in the uh, distance on the horizon glowing but the clouds are blowing thick and fast from the west and uh, I feel absolutely fabulous for it it wasn't much of a a swim in the sense of going from A to B it was uh, quite hard to get out there and it was more of a case of battling the waves but it feels absolutely fantastic. The water's about 15 degrees at the minute, so uh, it's not too cold. It's just about bearable for, uh, for my, me and my size. I really hope you enjoyed my chat with Jenny. I had such a good time with her. Tooting Beck Lido is such a special place. As I say in the podcast, it's where I really taught myself how to swim properly. And it was the first place that I swam for my book, Floating. I really hope that you can join me for another episode of Floating Swimming Stories. My next guest will be Alexandra Hemmings, the author of Leaping. Thanks.